Most studio owners decide to open their fitness and wellness businesses because they want to help people and add more meaning into their lives. Their heart is in the right place, they're great people, but scaling a profitable business that feels incredible to own and run is trickier than ever before. So where they get stuck is no one's ever shown them how to run a wildly successful business without the overwhelm and the chaos. Plus, they're doing it all alone. Until now. Welcome to the Geronimo Unfiltered Podcast for ambitious boutique studio owners who are allergic to average and know they're capable of more. They're just missing the how. I'm Dozer, your host, CEO and founder of the Geronimo Academy, and together with my crew and my community of owners and managers who are the doers and the implementers, we are on a mission to pioneer a better way to own and operate a health and fitness business while building a life you love, not hate. So if you're ready to push the boundaries, level up your money, meaning and impact, and stop doing it alone, then you're in the right place. This is going to be raw and unfiltered, zero bullshit. So take a deep breath, strap yourself in, and let's get fucking started. All right, folks, welcome back to the Geronimo Unfiltered Podcast, another episode from Active Escapes in Bali as the drone's flying overhead. So I'm here with my co-host, Mr. Peter Day, again. Hi, thanks for having me back, Doze. I appreciate it. Welcome, welcome. Who do we have here as our guest? Oh, I'm very excited. Yeah? Very, very excited. Today is going to be an amazing podcast. So I want to introduce someone who's part of the Active Escapes family, but more importantly, we have Danny Bell here. So Danny Bell is a strength and conditioning coach. She's actually the owner of Work It by DB, which is a fitness app, which does body weight, dumbbell and gym programs. Correct. Which is all part of it. She's got a million followers on Instagram. She's also the owner of Activewear, which is DB Active, which she launched in 2019. It's actually relaunching in 2024 with recycled goods. Wow. No, don't touch on that yet. We'll get to that later. I'm so tempted to touch on it. I have questions. Hold me back. I have questions. She's an ex-field and track athlete, entrepreneur. Here she is, Danny Bell. Welcome. Wow. Thank you so much for having me. I quickly want to address just straight off the bat that I have lost my voice (laughs) due to shouting for our team on retreat. So Okay. She's working hard. If you don't lose your voice on an active escape. But you didn't try you, hard enough. It may or may not have been. Go? <laughs> In all honesty, it was karaoke night that did it. But let's just pretend that I was just shouting for the team. Okay. Okay. Can we stick that story. So, now before we start, let me give you a bit of a brief on this potty. Okay. Okay. Who we do this for are our community of gym owners, right? Yeah. Who are the life changers, changing a lot of people's lives out there. But I think part of the mission for this podcast is. We want to kind of like peel back the layers into tapping into high performers like yourself, trying to understand what makes you allergic to average, what makes you so ambitious, and what are the kind of clues that this chat will leave for everyone else that's listening so they can start piecing together and surround our listeners with high performers. So that's where we want to get to with this. Okay. So raw, unfiltered, and Peter Shilada swear. (laughs) Fucking oath. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Excellent. (laughs) Sorry. Let's go right back. All those accolades that Pete said, right? You've got your own active way. You've got the app. You've got entrepreneur, track and field, million followers. Let's go right back. Okay. Let's get deep. Who the hell is Danny Bell? Really? (laughs) So, my actual name. Wait. Wait. What? 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 Oh, my goodness. What is this? My actual name is Danielle Robertson. Okay. Like, Bell isn't even my middle name. My parents, when I was growing up, would always call me Bell. Just... I, I don't As know if it was Bella type yeah. thing, but 
I didn't really know. I think it was just like Danielle, Belle. I was always oh, yeah. called Belle. So really? yeah, my first Hotmail account, you know, when you were registering. Oh, yeah, we were all got Hotmail. <laughs> I remember my friend's mom was like princess and then underscore her name. And I wanted that so bad, but I was like, I can't copy. So I'm just going to go Danny underscore Belle. And um, then Danny Bell stuck and it became my entire brand name and like online presence. So I tried to steer away from my Hotmail address and you're still using it. I leaned into it. Are you P yeah. underscore 69? Absolutely. At, at, no. <laughs> mine is Slicky 12 anyway. That's it, that bad. sounds like a good brand name to me. <laughs> I'm not it's a missed opportunity. <laughs> this is about you, Danny Bell. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, so my name is actually Danielle Robertson. And exclusive. Yes, exactly. So I think that like back in the day when social media was kind of kicking off, mm. whatever your username, like your handle was, that's what you were referred to as. Right. Like that's what you were known as. So I was always Danny Bell. Mm. What else? Let's go right back. Right back. Where are you from? And I want to know... Who and what has shaped you early in life? James spoke yesterday about, you know, something that happened when he was 11 years old, out on the field with his dad. And that was really the moment that he went back to when he was competing and he became the fifth fittest, you know, man on the planet. It's going to be hard to top. It's going to be hard to top, yeah. Wow. And I said to him, like, <laughs> what else do we have in common? <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, way back when I began track and field athletics when I was eight years old, mm. and I was always interested in it, but I didn't really know what, like, being competitive was, you know, when you're younger and you're just right. playing a lot of team sports and stuff. And I had a sports day, you know, the sports carnivals that you would That's have. Cool. And you get, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And we had a, I believe it was 800 meter race and we we're running it. My best friend and I was supposed to run it together and we would say, we'll cross the line at the same time, all that sort of stuff. So did the first lap, we're running it together, did the second lap, we're on the home stretch and she starts sprinting out in front of me and beat me. It was like my first breaking trust moment. I know it was oh. only small, but I was like, what just happened? Because we were supposed to run it together. We we're going to cross the line at the same time. Slow it down. How much did this impact you at that point? I didn't think it did that much, but it made me go full flog into athletics and become more that, competitive. That moment. That moment. Wow. The weird thing is like, I didn't realize that until much further down the line. And I was like, yeah, that's why. Because I think had we had just run that and crossed the line together and it all just be like, you know, friendly, friendly. I don't know whether I would have thrown myself into track and field and sport as much as I did. Can I ask a follow-up question with that? And in your career as a track and field athlete, did you love winning or hate losing? I think that... I didn't hate losing. I think that I just wanted to prove that I could do that. Like I could have just won that myself. I kind of felt like I was held back because we were going to run it together. Had I just run it myself at my own speed, I would have been fine. So for everything, I never let myself just be held back by what someone told to me or said what I should be doing. So I went, okay, well, I'm going to throw myself into everything. So I never once ever again ran a race at the same time as someone else. I was age champion every year for the rest of oh, school. I actually just got goosebumps. My hands on my goosebumps. So Wow. Is that your first time you did a sport competitively? Yeah, I think age? it was in grade three. Grade three. Okay, yeah. so talk me through. You're now competing in primary school at this point? Yes. And how did you start to build into your career, your sporting career from there? Yeah, so I went into track and field athletics with a squad and I just wanted to do every event that you do at your sports carnival because we had this thing called age champion. I don't know if it's universal. For your age, if you won the most events, you would become age champion. And that's all I wanted. So yeah, every year I was age champion for my entire primary school and my entire high school every year. Amazing. It's like I had a bit of like that's resentment. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> had a grudge. And so I just had to do it. 
Is that what it was though? I feel like I don't know. I I mean you we're young, it. but <laughs> she's listening. Yeah. Say it, yeah, we won't be. We'll send it to her. I don't know. I think that I just I don't it's just something that I wanted to prove to myself, but I actually find that it came up so many times in different ways. Whereas like when we got older, I knew that everyone else in my squad, for instance, was wearing a representative jacket of getting to a certain level. And oh. then I was chasing that. So I had different things that I would chase. And I feel like, you know, the carrot dangling it out in front of you. If I had the opportunity to achieve something I wanted, I was very like trophy driven. I was very really? like uniform driven, whatever it was that represented that you got to a certain level. I wanted it. Why? I think it looked really good now. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. It was like a pride thing. I think also when I was younger, I did a lot of team sport too. And I loved the team sports because obviously you're part of a community as well. But it was a weird thing with the individual. I felt like if I let myself down, I was only letting myself down. When I let a team down, it hit so much harder. You know, if you, had, if you played poorly and you knew that it was on you... I don't like that feeling. If I can let myself down, I'm like, okay, well, I can handle that. I don't like letting other people down. Where, where do you think you got that from? Because part of this potty, as I'm doing it for our listeners, is mm. like trying to peel back as to what sets- Why you know, are you you? Yeah, like the high performers. Like what are those little, when other people would have gone that way, you went that way. So what shaped like the relentlessness inside you? I think that like- in all honesty, my family have always been like really supportive of me with whatever I've wanted to yeah. do. And I think that I've always had this odd thing, not that they need taken care of, but this is obviously not applicable so much to the sporting thing. My parents are always big into team sports. But when I think about why I'm like very driven in myself is because I just want them to be having the best life. I do a lot for my own family. Like if I achieve something, I want them to be a part of it and I want to look after them. Like as my parents get older and my entire family, I just, I'm more driven by that. I just- What do they mean to you? Everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, not emotional already. Ooh. When you were in, <laughs> when you competing in track and field, no, you're right. They obviously supported you during those times. So they yes. would come to watch you compete. My God, everything. And, and how much were you thinking of them as a kid, but also as you start getting to more towards your prime years and those older years as well, and you start actually competing at a higher level. Yeah. How much of an impact did they have on you at that point, and how much were you thinking about them? during these competitions? I think that they had a huge impact and that I only realise now as I'm getting older and getting closer to maybe having my own children, how much of a burden it would be like choosing so many sports. Oh, I'll do everything. So they were obviously supportive. They drove me to everything. Did they ever complain? Never. Never. And they weren't pushy. You think a top performer and you go, oh, well, their parents wanted them to be that. Never. They just wanted me to choose whatever I wanted to do. James said the same thing yesterday. What? That's so nice. <laughs> Yeah, he said he was supported. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. like, yeah. but he wasn't pushed. He was just supported. Yes, exactly. Like in terms of when I was actually competing, I did want them to be proud, obviously. But I think that anyone who means anything to you, you want them mm. to feel that pride in you. But I wanted to obviously like make myself proud as well. But I was just constantly supported. My dad really wanted me to play, you know, anything that was like more of a hand-eye coordination sport. Like he wanted me to do tennis and things like right. that. I was absolutely rubbish at that. So we didn't do that. <laughs> oh, so you were bad at something, were you? I was bad. I was bad. Badminton. We had to do it Badminton. in school. He was so frustrated because, you know, the shuttlecock and yes. it takes so yeah, long yeah. to fall down. And I'm yeah. like sw swinging <laughs> and he's fly. like, yeah. But in terms of like my actual support base, I always had such a great support base. And I still do to this day in business. My mum actually actually works with me oh. on my company, like oh, in the cheap team. Cheap labour. Yeah. Pardon? <laughs> I said cheap labour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You no. so just say no when she wants annual leave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You Not get approved. it. She wants pay rise, no. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, they've always supported. 
when you were competing, maybe at the highest level, mm -hmm. so the peak of your track and field career, yeah. was there ever a moment where you felt you may have disappointed them potentially? In all honesty, no. Yeah. My final track and field meet, my parents came up. I was at state level at this point. So my highest level was national level, but that was the second last year of high school that I went to nationals. My final year, I was like, this is my final meet. In all honesty, I knew I wasn't going to be at like Olympic level. So I didn't want to be like pursuing that. I knew that was the end of my career. Career. When, because I've seen this with a lot of athletes, including myself, trying to make it as a professional athlete in a certain sport, yeah. was there a certain moment you kind of knew? Because the thing is with track and field, right? You need to be top two in the country yes. on an Olympic year, and you need to actually get top two at the trials as well. It's cutthroat. Yeah, yeah. It was a certain moment where you're like, you knew it wasn't going to come true in that sport. If I'm being completely transparent, yes. I never had the dream of like being top, top, top dog. Like, oh, why not? Because I just wanted the jacket. I'm, I love that. And not in a materialistic no, way, but I achieved it, meant something. it. I was good. I was fine. That final meet at States, all I wanted to have was like a really large slice of cake at the end of it because I just love cake. So I was like, okay, I just want to have cake. They called out all the names and there was two Danielles. They said, Danielle... You know, elimination. Yes, that was the issue. That's why we have Danny Bell too. Oh my gosh, it's an entire wraparound effect. <laughs> it is. No, and they called what I thought was my name. So I left. I was already eating the cake, getting these phone calls from the stadium saying, you need to come back. It was the other Danielle that was eliminated. Yeah, I just continued eating my cake. My parents had no problem. They weren't like, go back. They were just like, yeah, eat your cake, girl. Because oh, wow. I already got to where I wanted to be. I was yeah, happy. Right. And I think that that's what I'm like. I'm ambitious to the goal that I want. And then I'm satisfied. Like if I achieved a life that I was, you know, able to have the freedom to travel and look after my family, I wouldn't need to be multi, multi millionaire, smashing, got smashing, it. you know? So you mentioned goals a couple of times. Yeah. And especially when we're having these chats with high performers, do you have a certain way that you mm. write your own goals? So you've mentioned the jacket a couple of times here and you said mm -hmm. that for you would be an amazing moment just to have that jacket, to have that feeling. And it's more about getting there. And yeah. you obviously got plenty of goals with your business, what you're doing now. Yeah. What goes through your mind when you're setting these goals? I think that I'm actually very scatterbrained a lot of the time because you know when you want to do so many things at once and you just don't even know where to start? That's what I'm like. Mm. I've come a lot better at it. I think that I have something that in the past with the jackets or the trophies or whatever it may be, that was kind of already a part that was like entrenched in that step. When you leave that atmosphere, you don't have that anymore. You kind of have to set it for yourself. So I've started to obviously set my own goals, but I'll actually literally have to write them down and see them. I've actually printed up goals and they're on my bedroom wall. Did you ever do that as a track and field athlete? No. Printing them out and you go, but no. you do it now. I do it now. Right. I do it Why? What, what, what's the... I think you have to be reminded of them on a daily basis. And that's what I am. When people come over, you know, you're just kind of like, oh, don't worry about going in there. Don't worry about it. Because right. they're literally right on my wall. You know exactly what I want to achieve in the next 12 months because it's there. So I have like six months, 12 months, quarterly, like goals. Why don't you want people to see that? I like working in silence. I don't like tooting my horn before you've achieved something. So I don't like telling people what I'm doing. I like the results. I think there's too much talk about what you're going to do and not enough execution. Correct. <laughs> Say that again. Say that again. I think there is too much talk about what you're going to do and not enough execution. Pete, what do you think we struggle the most with in our academy? The execution. People, they fluff around and it's really hard for people to get focused and yes. just execute. The ones that do the best, they execute all the time. Yes. Listeners, that was a banger. I agree. If it was just as easy as reading a self-help book or walking down the aisle of you know the self-help section in a bookstore or on Amazon... We'd all be squillionaires and we'd all have six packs, right? But exactly. actually it's about 
putting into practice? I find that I'm not a huge planner. Like, as I said, I do plan out my goals, but I'm not a massive planner. I think there's too much time spent in the planning process and not as much in oh, the it's execution the same business. process. It's the same in business. Yes, yes, same absolutely. In, is, we could sit here all we want and play with spreadsheets and make, we can make any spreadsheet look good, but ultimately mm-hmm. we just need one sale a day. Yeah, exactly. Right? And so like, who are we going to call today? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like you see the most at the start of the year, but if you're not actually doing anything to, mm. you know, set those goals in motion, then what's the point? I want to keep talking a little bit more about mindset. Okay. Yeah. So we've heard about little Danny, family supported, not pushed. So I think that's a nugget that I've heard from both interviews so far. You've always wanted the next thing and that's kept you on a very straight angle. What's your jacket now? That's a great question. Obviously in life, work makes up a huge majority of it. I just want to have a team around me who I love that are just such great people I get to work with every single day. And Jazz behind the camera. (laughs) She is. Yeah. And like to have that, the fact that I get to work with my mom, that's massive. I get to. Just those words. I I will cry. Are you happy with yourself? How does it make your mom feel when she's working with you, with her daughter? building something which is her brand. I think that like some people long for retirement, for instance, my mom wants to keep like her brain active mainly. And so when she gets to do stuff with our business, it's really creative, especially the activewear side of things. When we launched our activewear, wait, let me backtrack. So the reason I'm so close to my mom, when I was 14, I was in a car accident that I had a small fracture in my spine, internal bleeding, don't have a PCL in my knee. And this was all before I got to national level. Just want to say that. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't have a PCL when I hit nationals. Let's go, wow. baby. Wow. Um, but basically the car turned into us, ran a red light, turned into us, and we went straight into a pole. Um, my mum and I spent the whole week in hospital together. Yeah. She was at the children's hospital and literally sat in like a chair because I was only 13. At, sorry, I was 13. I was almost 14 at the time. Yeah, so we became really close because she was just with me by my side the whole time. Like we're always close, but I think that you only go through something like that together, you really, really you know, bond. And then post high school, I ended up going straight into uni and I started studying law and justice, like criminology. Right. Because I was like, that's a career option for me. That's what I'm going to do. And I'm still finishing off my law degree. Really? But I don't want to go into that because when everything started taking off with the business and fitness, that's when I was like, this is what I actually care about. And having my mom there constantly supporting that and being so close to me, you're like, she believes in me. It's going to it's going to happen. How much of that was from the hospital? I think like a huge amount. In all honesty, the weirdest thing, we had like the best time. We were just laughing. Like I couldn't eat for like the entire time I was there pretty much because I had internal bleeding. So they just had to let it sit. And we're just making jokes. Like she was trying to eat a Subway cookie in the corner of the room without me noticing. Like oh, I was asleep. and she's like, angry. Yeah. Cause I wake up and I'm like, oh, then she put lip chap on me. I'm trying to eat the lip chap because I'm not allowed to eat oh. anything. But it was funny. You know, like in those times you need humor to like get you through. Yeah. And I think that bond was insane. And I think at such an impressionable age, we became so close and like never separated on that. I can like, tell she means a lot to you. Pardon? I can tell she means a lot to you. Yeah. Well, we launched the activewear in 2019 we went down to melbourne my mom was like dizzy and we were like oh you know the plane maybe it's like a little bit of whatever it is and then she came back and we actually literally launched that night that night she was taken to hospital with vertigo and we're like oh you know people get vertigo whatever it is and um we had launched so my dad and i were packing orders and then we found out that it wasn't vertigo it was a brain tumor oh my god yeah yeah so my dad and i were like 
you can't let customers down when you've just launched a brand that was in the making for two years. So it was massive. And, you know, just trying to get through that was freaking, I forgot you can swear. Trying to get through that was fucking hard. <laughs> yeah. So I think all these moments, as much as they're terrible, they really like bond you together. One of the questions we've got here was like, we talk about a defining moment in life. You know, I had a story, Pete's got a story, like we talk about these moments where you've got three options. You can either retreat, mm. you could stop and give up, right? Or you decide to turn this into a defining moment and make this the best thing that happened for you. Yeah. Was that the holy shit moment for you? Like, was that a defining moment for you guys? That was a holy shit moment for the whole family, for sure. She was just like, oh, you know, you still got to do, like, she's in hospital. Right panic she was saying this she wanted us to make sure we're still doing the stuff you know i think it was like a month later that they could get her in for surgery and for that whole time you know we'd obviously be at the hospital constantly but then she's like oh how's it going the craziest thing where it's never about her she's so selfless but so my all my parents like all my parents yeah all two of them, all, all of them. <laughs> collectively i was actually raised by a village <laughs> um, but yeah just amazing amazing people another like very defining moment in my life was i used to do modeling and i was internationally modeling so i kind of gave up all fitness side of things so i was trying to balance both right. in high school and athletics anything strength base I was building dominant quads and things like that and they didn't like that in the modeling industry especially at that time so I went overseas and I was on placement in Bangkok because it was a great opportunity for me and in terms of like just get so far out of your comfort zone that you're no longer you know that you just grow as a person yeah especially at a time in my life that I really needed it I was 20 years old and I feel like that really made it for me but it was just a hard slog over there like it was just one of the hardest I've ever worked in terms of like eight castings a day things of that nature so what made you so you had your modeling was going on yeah you're launching a business you're doing track and field yes what made you decide to pursue the businesses at that point like did you always know you wanted to go down that route or what was that decision for you well when i was over in bangkok i was just doing social media but i wasn't doing anything in terms of actually building a business and i was working over there and i wasn't treated very well like my body was measured every single day to make sure that my measurements were the same yeah, I was really, really skinny. I have thighs on me and I had a thigh gap because I was really yeah. wanting to be in industry standard. Yeah, sure. But on my... I've got, I've got the opposite, but keep going. <laughs> I was over there and you had everyone from all over the world. So not many people spoke English, which is fair enough. Mm. I mean, you're in a foreign country. You can't be expecting that. But I was by myself in the model apartment and there was like a bit of civil unrest in Bangkok at that time. Mm. I was supposed to go out and go get dinner. And there was like a bombing at a shrine yeah. um, right near me. And I Jesus. could hear everything from my um, apartment. I was oh, by myself. Everything. everything. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was by myself at 20, first time like, proper traveling shitting yourself. yeah shitting myself i went and hid in the bathroom no i way. like and how's this this is like crazy when i think back at it i called my brother because i knew the time back home was late and i didn't want to wake my parents because <laughs> i was like let them sleep and then i'm like oh. wait a second i'm in the middle of a terrorist attack yeah so then i'm on the phone to them and it was just so horrendous i thought i was like i honestly didn't know what was happening i thought if someone comes here and something's happening here I can't do anything to defend myself I was like the moment where I was like I will this is it this you know this it. is it and um did you actually think that I I went calm no one tells you I know you go 
I was so calm. This I was happened like, to me when I, when I had the heart attack on the table. I felt like I just surrendered. I went to peace. That's so incredible. Like, yeah. it's incredible that it goes the opposite of what you think, yeah. right? Mm. So, yeah, I went super calm. And then I was, like, on the phone to my brother and I was talking so normally. My parents were up at the time. I was on the phone to everyone. And I was speaking, like, so calmly. And then I called the Australian embassy and they're like, you have to get home. Fuck. Yeah, so I had to leave. And I told my agency back in Australia. And they're like, oh, these things happen. And so I quit. And I was like, no, nah. I didn't want empathy necessarily. I just wanted like a little bit of understanding as to why I- Acknowledgement or something, just like- hey. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, oh, you shouldn't have come home because you still could have got work over there. And so that's what drove the business. So after oh. that, I came back, I got my PT qualifications. I was like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Obviously still studying at uni, but I was like, I'm throwing myself into this because I'm never letting someone say that to me again. This brings us back to your friend at the race. Yes, yes. The fact that someone called the shots over what I was doing. <laughs> it's crazy. Like the fact that a defining moment can be when you're so young and it really entrenches into your personality for the rest of your life. Is Fuck. Yeah. So. And so now you're effectively free. Like you yeah. are calling the shots yes. in your life. You've got the jacket to sort of aim for. Yeah. That's where you can sit in your flow state. Exactly. And aim for that. And I just really want to point out as well for the listeners, for Danny, she said, I get to, you know, I think language is a really important thing. Yes. Language is really important. And what we say to ourselves and the language that we use is not just semantics. It's actually really powerful. Yeah. Because then we listen to it. Yes. Right? And then as Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about neuroscience, if it fires, it wires, which means when you hear people say, I'm not a morning person, or you would have had so many clients tell you, I'm not this. And you're like, yeah. if you shush, because you might actually hear that. Yeah. And then you start to believe it in your cells. Yeah. You can do the opposite too, right? You can retrain your brain to think a certain way. But you said, oh, I get to rather than I have to. Yeah. And I think so many people say, oh, I have to. Yeah. I've got to go to work today. Yeah. Oh, I have to go to the, this thing. I have to train today. Like we're doing four. My body's on fire. Oh, we've done so many sessions. I'm sure it's motherfucker. <laughs> we good. saw you trying to sit in your chair. Yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I needed help to get out of it. And it was like, do you know what? I get to do this. Yes. So when you say, I get to work with my mum, I yeah. get to run these businesses and all that yeah. kind of shit. It actually means more to you than just the business. It means freedom for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Everyone needs reminding of that. Sometimes I get so wrapped up in it that I'm like, oh, this is so hard. Or, you know, I'm working such long hours because you work a lot when you run your own business, as you would know. Yeah. I'm complaining like someone's making me do that, you know, and I have to be like, hey, what are you doing? Like, imagine me just coming back from Bangkok if I told myself, hey, you're just going to be working these hours, but this is exactly what you're trying to build, I would be blown away. What about now? If you catch yourself complaining, do you ever think 10 years ago, this is exactly what I wanted? Yeah. So shut the fuck up. Exactly. You need to remind yourself that a younger version of you would be loving what your life is right now. Yeah. yeah. So I'm always interested when athletes have that mindset and go into business as well, because mm. I think that the mindset is almost identical, which is, I think, really cool. You mentioned obviously earlier around, like, I get to do this, I need to snap myself out of it. Mm -hmm. What kind of inner monologues are you telling yourself? Do you have something that you almost tell yourself on a daily basis, weekly basis that helps motivate you today? I find that my daily routine is like a huge, huge part behind any success that I have in tell business. Tell me more. This, through, is, yeah. this is, <laughs> okay, this good, is this my porn. Tell me more. <laughs> and things like, I know it's very typical, but training, if I don't train Every day I train in the mornings, you know, each to their own. That's a huge thing. And I think keeping that the same each day, just even like at its base level where you go each day, I do some movement for myself each day. I choose to eat more nutritious food. You can have a balance, but you know that you're getting your base 
in and then I always make sure that I'm sleeping well. It's just like the foundation is so important. Non-negotiables. Exactly. It's the same word as James yesterday. Foundations too, yeah. And it's the same thing as training, nutrition and sleep. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. It's huge. And you can feel when you're not in your groove, when you're not in your routine and it does affect everything. Like I've actually found that as soon as I move out of my standard routine, I let my work slip. So I've been like randomly trying to catch up on things here, there and not in the same mindset that I'd usually be in just because I'm like changing up my environment. And obviously with that, you change up your routine. So I actually find I'm absolutely peaking when I'm in my standard daily routine. As boring as it may seem, those are non-negotiables. They say, when you study high performance, they say, what sets the difference factor from the advanced to everyone else is that the advanced are willing to do the boring shit for way longer than anyone else. Exactly. And they just never miss. I actually think that it really comes down to when I think about business and I mean, there are a lot of activewear brands out there. There are a lot of fitness brands out there. And I think what it's coming down to at this point, we're still in the game. We're bringing out, we're changing to something that we want to pursue, which is recycled materials. Like we want to be a a more sustainable brand, but I actually think it's the longevity of it. Like being able to be in there for the long run. I think there's that excitement of being like, I've made a brand and then it lasts six months. You have to go, I'm in this and I know it's going to be a a long haul and I know it's going to be a bit of a like hard slog, but I am passionate about it and I'll ride it out. And I think that's the biggest difference. So you think the difference maker or the difference factor here is you're okay with being patient? Yes. It's endurance. It's an endurance sport. Like businesses. You used to do explosive sports. You were a triple and long jumper, right? Yeah, but in business is so different. I know that obviously timing is so important for a lot of things. I think it's all about not giving up when it doesn't happen immediately. That's good. I think when people don't see instant results, like we're in a world where you're getting instant gratification from everywhere. And I think we expect that from business and we don't get that from business. It's a completely different thing. This is a good segue because Danny Bell now, she's actually wearing her active wear. Mm. I've noticed the socks, DBA on the socks. She's yes. got all the active wear on. She's, don't she's, notice the dirty shoes. <laughs> the, the dirty shoes. Well, they're not Danny Bell shoes. Yeah, so no. it's, um, we would never. The rest of it looks great. Have you got them in my size? Small. <laughs> the socks or the shoes? Or the pants? <laughs> Everything. All of them. Try the pants double on X- first. Let's see how we go. I mean, double XS. <laughs> I'm very curious. So I want to talk about what motivates you today with your business. Mm. But you're trying to do something at the moment with DBA, Danny Bell Athletic, which is very hard in that space. Mm-hmm using recyclable goods. Yes. Talk us through why you made that decision and the impact it's going to have. I think that there's a lot of overconsumption and overproduction, like mass production. There's a lot of waste. Yeah, all this fast fashion. And- so much fast fashion. And I just think that, I mean, the most sustainable thing is to not have an activewear brand, like right, realistically. Right, right. But- It's something that we do have and I want to at least be an option for people that is a more considered option, a more sustainable option than fast fashion. I also want to build activewear that lasts. I found, you know, when you have something, especially if it's at a higher price point, you expect quality. And then when you buy something at a lower price point, it's almost seen as like it's a disposable thing. And I don't think that that's what activewear should be seen as. I don't think any sort of clothing or material should be seen as that. I just think that we need to do as much as we can for like the planet. And I want to do what I can in terms of actually having a tangible product for it to be made of recyclable materials, for it to be as sustainable as possible. Yeah. Is is there any particular, I think it's great as well, because it's obviously looking after the planet. Where did that stem from? Is there a moment in your life where you 
wanted to have something that's quite sustainable or i'm obviously on social media and i have worked for brands and i've worked for brands that aren't sustainable in all honesty like they are fast fashion brands and i just got to a point where i was like i don't support this it doesn't align with your values exactly and mm. so i cut contracts with people i like i'm not going to obviously no. name and shame each any brand own. each their own if that's the price point that you can afford you kind of got to weigh it up you know yeah, yeah. um but i think that i just didn't feel comfortable and i don't actually feel comfortable proceeding with a brand that is not made of recycled materials the right. thing is i know that industry and i know people have done that with bikini lines and things like that mm -hmm. it's a high risk yes i mean you're not scared about that i mean it's kind of a high risk not doing. I think everything's moving towards this. I think that brands that don't consider the environment, the planet, where we're moving to are going to probably be left behind. So it's all good with it's online great. space, but anything that's like a tangible product, you've got to be a little bit more aware. It's really impressive. Thank you. What do you reckon people don't get about you? What do you think they underestimate in you or they don't realise about you? I think I'm actually underestimated in a lot of abilities. I'm quite independent. And I think that people don't expect me to be. So I get um, a lot of people trying to tell me to do things or whatever it is, but I'm actually quite good at making decisions on my own. And why do you think that is? So I've actually seen this in a few people being the youngest. I think you allow people to lead you because like you're used to a sibling. I'm not going to generalize, but I was always used to my brother just being like, oh, we'll do this, we'll do that. And I would do whatever they're doing, you know, you'd go with that person. But I think after all my experiences, I'm actually quite good at just taking the reins. And I think I'm probably underestimated a little bit because I'm actually a little bit too nice sometimes, especially in business. And I've had to harden up a bit over time because you kind of let people walk all over you otherwise what's an example i just think in negotiations big time but i find as a woman as well i'm not taken as seriously sometimes when you're doing anything like business transactions like negotiating contracts things of that nature i find that i have to really put my foot down but i'm hesitant sometimes to do that and i've i've had to really like develop that harden up so everyone else would have just maybe avoided it right yeah why have you pushed through and decided to harden up and get good at it I don't really have a choice if this is what I want to do. I have right. to. So just, yeah, I love that. Yeah. Well, like, otherwise you just take what comes to you and people aren't going to be as generous as you expect them to be, especially in business. So why you have to put your foot down sometimes and otherwise you just do get walked over. Mm. You do smile a lot. Even I in do. the workouts here, you're, you're laughing happy. and having way too much fun. <laughs> I'm a very smiling person. It's My crow's feet speak wonders. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you find challenging with running your own businesses at the moment? I think balancing it all because I've got quite a bit on and I'm the type of person that likes to just take on more and more and more and more. I'm like obviously still studying too and it's completely opposite sort of thing to business. And I think, yeah, just the balance, just trying to find how I'm supposed to do all the activewear side of things, all of the online app programming for clients and then also finish my degree. That balance is really hard and I just love taking on more stuff. If someone offered me another opportunity, I would take it oh, in right. a heartbeat. If I could make another brand, I'd be like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> it's problematic. You have to hold yourself back with that because it's almost like entrepreneurial ADD. It is. Um, shiny done. object, yep. shiny objects. You know, what we found in business is certainly with our academy. Yes. With, you know, all these studio owners, there's a million things you could do. Right. There's a million things you probably should do. But right now, what we found when we look at our data, when we actually kind of work with our owners, we've got much better results working with them when we put them on a very strict diet mm. of doing one thing in a six week sprint. Yes. 
one thing on a six-week sprint and then we readjust mm. and then we go again for another six weeks yeah. on something else. Yeah. So The Power of the One Thing is a great book exactly. called The One Thing. Okay, okay. I want, I want you to read it. I need to read it. I yeah, because it. what we need to do when that happens is we've got to be okay with inviting the chaos in our life. Mm. If it's not the one thing, James talked about it yesterday, he talked about his foundations, which you talked about, but he talked about his priorities, right? Yeah. And he was like, the priorities change, but as long as the foundations are there, then yeah. you can focus on the thing yes. that he's got to do. Yes, exactly. Mm. I think it's better to do one thing really well mm. than like a million things, mm. really half-assed. So we've talked about early life. We've talked about the impact of your parents and that moment at the hospital bed. We've talked about the moment on that track race yes. against you and your friend. She broke the trust, but it might've been the best thing that happened for you. It kind of feels that way. Yeah. Are you still in touch with her? Uh, no. I know her. We're Facebook friends. <laughs> so you're basically besties. Yeah. Um, and we've talked about you basically living the dream at the moment because you get to work with awesome people that you love. You get to work with mom. You get to do things that really mean a lot yeah. to you. Yes. Tell me about a current project that you're really excited about right now in terms of like, what's your next goal? I think the activewear is just my biggest thing. Yeah. It's a huge, huge feat to like launch that in the new year. It seems like we've got time, but it's, you know, it's coming up pretty quick. And with the relaunch, there's a bit of a rebrand as well with, you know, our logos, etc. And I'm really excited for that. So that's like my passion. Like, great. Yeah, so awesome. I'm really, really excited to relaunch. And it's the project that I'm the most fixated on right now. What's the goal that scares you that you're actually shooting for with the athletic wear? I want it to be like Nike and Lululemon's love child. Ooh. Do you like that? You just put two brands in a bed. Oh, yeah. And got them to do. Yes. Mummy and daddy things. Yeah, and like the best of both worlds, performance-based and the the strength of Nike, but the beautiful quality of Lululemon. Like that. Do you want to have a store one day, DBA? I want stores, but I want to be international and I want to have big community events for it and everyone to love it and be wearing it everywhere. Listeners, let's follow this journey. Let's follow this journey. When we'll touch back. Yeah, and then when there's a store opening. Come to the store opening. We'll be there. We'll get the tribe there. Yes. Is this one of the goals in your room on the wall. Absolutely, yes. it is. I love that you knew. I just, yeah, I just, got like goosebumpy. Are you yeah. happy? Wow. <laughs> now everyone knows, so it's uh. Yeah, okay. yeah. I put it out there. You now, now people can come in and see it on my wall, and I'm not embarrassed. Oh. <laughs> All right, time for some gold. What is one no bullshit change someone can make today to stop being average and start being awesome? Oh. Okay. I think that you have to execute on something today. Something that you've been thinking about, just go and do it. Take a step towards it, whatever that may be. If it's something that you want to do and you want to manufacture, reach out to manufacturers today. Stop thinking about it. Just make things happen. Like start putting the wheels in motion. It has to happen. Okay. So the key word there was today. Today. So if you're listening to this. Yeah. And you have a goal or a direction or something you want to go towards, do something which gets you slightly further towards that today. Yeah. yeah. And I want to know about it. So message us. Yes. Message us. I want to know about it. We'll have some stuff in the show notes. I want to know about it. And I want to share it with Danny as well. Yes, That'd please. Awesome. I want to know what someone, like, I want to know what everyone does to take that one step closer to it. Today. All right, team. Awesome. If you're listening, please do that and reach back out to us. Where can people find you, by the way? Um, on social media, I'm Danny Bell with two N's. Yeah, Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Perfect. <laughs> it's always two ends. Um, <laughs> yes. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so you're also on YouTube. You've also got your own podcast. Yeah, You've everything's got... Danny Bell. 
apart from the podcast, which is Fitness Fix. And then, yeah, no, everything's Danny Bell. Wow, we've really kept it consistent since those Hotmail hot yeah. days. Do you still have the Hotmail account? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's full of spam though, just pure and utter spam. Make it your business account. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right, two more questions before we wrap this up. Okay. Give us and our listeners something you've never told anyone before, a raw, unfiltered story that sums you up. Okay. Wow, you didn't let me prepare for this one at all. No, don't prepare at all. This is just, it's unfiltered. Yeah. Um, it's also unscripted. In relation to business? Whatever. Okay, so when I first started law, when I first started studying, I fully was still channeling the legally blonde vibes. You know. <laughs> I love that. I and love I, that. And I didn't know what to expect of it. So I went to uni and I was in like knee high boots. You were? And a little skirt. And a chihuahua. Like, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> All pink. Um, no, but like knee-high boots, a long sleeve top. I was like full dressed up and I went into the law library and I could feel I was just dying inside because everyone was just like so normal and like I was just way too just you were over playing the top. Part. I was I'm playing sure a part. I just could feel and that somewhat scarred me. That just experience of oh my gosh. They hope um, walk into the library. They don't want any active wear. <laughs> yeah. The reason I have to tell you that is because when I was like 10, I went with a big group of friends and we got a limo and it was for her birthday. So it was like, you know when that's really exciting and you just jump in a limo and yeah. and they're like, we're gonna go to the beach. So I wore board shorts and like a rashy top and I thought we were going to the beach and we didn't Long go. Long board shorts and rashy top, keep yes. going. Yeah, you picture it. Yeah, I've got it. Okay, it's now, it's quite quite the fit. <laughs> um, and all the girls were wearing like dresses and were all done up and we walked around the shops and it was like a day out and I was the only one in the 40s. So me dressing wrong like has that's continued to scar me. Right. Yeah. So that's it. That's what right. I do. I can never dress for the occasion. So right. yeah, to the Coachella event tonight, I'm probably going to wear like a pantsuit. Oh, I'm struggling with it. You even asked me today, like, what do I wear to the podcast? I'm like, wear your brand. See? Right. See? I, it's like, just, I'm So scarred. actually you've got, yeah, okay. I get it. I get yeah. it. So that's what people don't realize about you is actually you don't know what to wear. Never, every, ever, ever, ever. You always get the outfit wrong. Always. Okay, good. I need I, to like see examples of it. And then I'm like, okay, cool. So you, you get it. Yeah. You need a mood board. Maybe that's why I was like, I'll make my own active wear. So I know what to wear. <laughs> <laughs> it's full circle. So many epiphanies <laughs> in this potty. Okay. So last question before we wrap this up, yeah. what is one question that you wish I'd asked you? Um, and how would you have answered it? I wish you had asked me. Yeah how much I can hip thrust. <laughs> Classic. This is, this is a, and how would you have answered it? It's frankly quite rude that you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Um, 250 kilos. 250 kilos. Yeah. Shut at the same up. time? Yeah. 250 <laughs> kilos. Or just add it up. Add it up. No, the one time. Yeah. Holy, that's... It's good, eh? That's really good. Yeah. One of your listeners will be like, I can do 260. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Have you made eye contact with someone when you do that? Yeah, of course. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? It's, it's a 250 on the demo on the app, isn't it? So you're doing Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I just good. had to. It was like a full ego lift. Every lift on the app that was. I get the thrust. Or max reps that just repeat. Yeah, yeah. That is a spicy thrust. Yeah. It's like, there you go. Either of 100's hard, it's really. It's very spicy indeed. Well, there you have it, folks. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much for joining us on the potty and speaking to our listeners about, you know, your early life, your childhood, kind of what made you who you are Thank today. you so much for having me. I dug deep. Like, yeah? Yeah, it was a lot. I nearly cried a few times there. Okay. 
And I think you left a lot of clues behind that we'll have a chat about after in terms of, because there's a lot of similarities between you and James from yesterday in terms of like the intention that you set yourself, the goals that you trigger every day, and you're so clear about what you want out of this athletics brand. So I would love to be there for store opening. You're 100% invited. I would, would, I'll give wouldn't, you- wouldn't mind even being there for the night in Lululemon jumping bed, but... Um, <laughs> You don't want to be there for that. <laughs> I'll be there for the birth. I missed the birth, actually, because it's really warm. You should definitely do rep jackets. We are absolutely going to do rep Fuck. jackets. Fuck. Like exclusive. We're on record now. You have to do it. Yeah, okay, fine, good. But if you want your name on the back, let me know, okay? Big dog dozer. Yes. You have, yes, you have to get your name on the back. I got my yeah. name embroidered. Did you? Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, That's awesome, on, guys. Okay. <laughs> Massive thank you for your Danny. Thank you so um, much. So generous with your time, showing us how it's all done. So again, team, if you want more of her wisdom, we'll have some details in the show notes of your app, your active wear, follow you on social media. But yeah, just keep kicking ass, man. We're so proud of you. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Bye, Bye guys. See you, team. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. If something resonated with you, then do one of two things. Either leave a review or send this episode to a mate who's in the industry who might need to hear this. But if you want more right now because your head might be spinning and you're like, all right, those, that what the hell do I do right now? Then in the show notes, you'll find a link to where you can book in for a free 15-minute checkup on your studio where we get to have a look at how you're going right now and where some of the kind of quick win opportunities are to get you moving faster. I can't wait to be back in your ears next week. And if you're listening to this right now, I want you to know that I love you, I appreciate you, I'm grateful for you, and I'm in your corner. You are on the right track, and I believe in you. So keep going, and I'll see you next week.